Salut, c'est Marie de Just French It in today's podcast. I'm going to, we're going to talk about games and I'm going to give you three games that I personally play regularly with my students or with fellow language learners as well. Yes, games, because come on, who doesn't like to play, right? And games are actually a wonderful uh, way to learn languages or to study languages or to practice languages. And there are a few reasons for that. And I would like to start by telling you why games are a good idea when it comes to language learning. First of all, it's fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> If you are not having fun playing games, then they're probably not games or you're just not into that and you should probably stop listening to this particular podcast right now. And, you know, having fun when you are learning languages is kind of crucial. At least it depends. It depends what kind of person you are. But to me, having fun is crucial. I cannot learn without having fun. So... If you do enjoy play, playing and if you do have fun when playing games, that, then it's not only good for your motivation, but also for regularity, because some of the games that I'm going to present to you are addictive. Like, believe me, really addictive. Think about when you were a kid. It's exactly the same. There were plenty of educational games when you were a child. I, I knew that because there was a lot of educational games when I was a child. And I'm sure that you loved to play them, even though they were what we call educational games. So they were teaching you something. And uh, your parents were not probably as thrilled as you to play uh, things like Uno or Trivial Pursuit for the like hundredth time in a row. So you learn via those games. You learned with those games. You, you've learned numbers, you've learned strategy, you've learned facts. And I don't know about you, but I learned so much about playing Trivial Pursuit because it was just so fun. So if you take that to your language learning, then you're going to learn as well. The second thing that it does is that it gives you practice in a contextual way. Uh oh, contextual, big words. What does that mean? It means that you get to learn vocabulary in context, in a context that is not a textbook or a classroom, because your learning here almost becomes secondary. You were not realizing that you were learning when you played Uno or those crosswords, you know, things that beeped a lot. Yeah, I'm a 19s kid. I got to play a lot uh, with electronic toys and things that blipped and make noises. And my parents were not that happy about it. But anyway, uh, cut short to that. Learning is not so important when you are playing this game. What's important to you was having fun, was doing it, right? So you are taking what a lot of people are not liking about learning, which is the, the actual learning. You know, the, the boring part is the learning. And you can argue, we can argue in the comments about that, but yeah. <laughs> You'll see that the games I'm going to present to you, the games that we're going to talk about are actually games you could do in any language that could even have fun with in your native language as well. And that's kind of important. The third thing that it does is that it forces the player or the players to speak and to at least understand what is being said. That means that your learning in this context of game, in, in this game context, will be based on communication, right? Which, and this is also something I repeat over and over again, should be and is probably your end goal, right? In the end, you want to be able to speak French, to speak Russian, to speak Italian. The fourth benefit concern mistakes. Well, mistakes are definitely not a bad thing when it comes to language learning. They are actually inevitable if you want to become some sort of a good learner. And we'll talk about that more in another podcast. And 
With games, well, mistakes happen, right? They have to, because there's always a winner and there's always a loser in the end. But it's not such a big deal, right? Because a loser is needed to have a winner. And most people tend to let go of mistakes and speak more freely freely because, because they want to win. There is a competition thing. And to win, they have to speak. They have to understand. They have to take risks. And the final benefit of games in language learning is that, you know, it's not really a benefit. It's more like a component of the game. But it's the fact that the games I'm going to present to you uh, are games that you need to play with someone else, at least one other person. And the fact that there is another person can be and usually is super motivating. When one wants to play, then the other will play. It's a two-way thing. You know, it's a circle, uh, a good, a virtuous circle. Well, that's right, a virtuous circle. Those games are also good to know if you are a teacher. If you are a teacher, you know that how kids and adults like to play games, right? Well, with language learning, it's exactly the same. And you can play languages. You can play games while learning languages. So let's Take a look at those three games ideas. Grab yourself a partner, someone preferably who likes to play games and who likes to, you know, learn languages as well. And try one of those three simple games. The first one is Suis-je une banane? Suis-je une banane? I call it like that because the games I had when I was a child was named like this. But for those of you who don't speak French, it means am I a banana? Am I a banana? Suis-je une banane? So the principle of the game is really, really easy. You are something or someone you decide before. You need to decide. For example, I'm going to decide that I am uh, the Queen of England. And the other person needs to guess who you are by asking closed-ended questions. So I decided that I was the uh, Queen of England. My partner doesn't know that. Well, the person with whom I'm playing doesn't know that. And um, she decided that she was going to be, um, I don't know, who can she be? Um, Cleopatra, right? I'm the Queen of England and she's Cleopatra, right? So I have to ask questions to guess who she is and she has to ask questions to guess who am I? And we're asking one question uh, at a time. I can start by saying, are you a girl? Are you a girl? She's going to reply to me, yes. And then she asked me, do you sing? Mm, no, I don't sing. You see the, the, you see where I'm going with this, right? So the goal of this game is really simple. You have to guess who the other person is before the other, right? So this version of the game is a game that you can play with only two people. But if you are more than that, then uh, it's a bit more complicated, but it's better if each player needs to guess a character that all the other players have decided to give him. You have to guess who you are. And you can even write down the name of the person or you can do that with objects as well, depending on your level. Um, so you can you know, write down the name of the person or of the object on a piece of paper and you can put it on their forehead so everyone remembers who everyone is. But the person who has it on his forehead cannot actually see. Don't let anyone go to the toilets like this because and I was really good at this when I was a child. You can, you know, obviously see yourself in the mirror and you know, know who you are. All right. So this is a perfect game as well, because you don't need to buy anything to do it. Nothing but your brain for the two players version and just, you know, a piece of paper and a pen for the more than two players version. 
It's very simple and it's really, really effective if you want to learn how to ask questions. If you want to develop your vocabulary a bit and want to ask questions, this is perfect. I play this game all the time with my students, especially uh, kids that you know, don't have a good level uh, already. If you are a beginner or, you know, a beginner plus, this is really, really good because you get to, you know, uh, work on that reflex of asking a question. And bonus point for teachers, it's also a great way to test your students' cultural knowledge. Like you say, okay, we are only being French people or we are only being French objects or we are only being French food or you know, things like that. The second game that I want to talk about does require you to buy the game to play it, but it's fairly inexpensive and I'll put the link in the description box below the video. So this game is Bananagrams, Bananagrams. And if you know Scrabble, uh, it's kind of, you know, uh, very similar in a lot of ways. So it's a game that you play with letters. Each letter has a tile. Well, and there is actually several types of tiles of the same letter. Except there is no grid, like with the Scrabble. There, you do a pile of those tiles in the middle and you take, I don't remember at the beginning, must be like something like 20 letters. And you have to form your own grid of words with the tiles that you get at the beginning. Once you form a complete grid with all of your letters that you have, you then take another one from the pile, but everyone at the same time, every of the other players take a tile at the same time as well. So you have one more tile that you have to fit somewhere on your grid, right? You can rearrange your tile tiles however you want. Uh, you can completely destroy it, just move the, the words here and there, etc, etc. And the, the goal is to finish your grid before everyone else and you take a tile until there is no tiles in a bunch anymore. That's it. It's very simple as well. Um, and here, what is very good with this game is that you have to work on your vocabulary. The more vocabulary you are, you have, the better it should, the easier it should be for you to form a grid, right? So the winner is the one who can put together a full grid when there's no letters left in the pack of letters. It's really, really, really good for vocabulary because you need to know how to spell the words and you need to find new words to fit your tiles as well. And it's really, really, really fun. The third game that I want to talk about is a, is a super classic and it is the Hangman. It's one game that you can do over and over and over and over again with any language, with anything really. It can also be, if you are a teacher, a cooperative activity for a class. It's quite fun to see students helping one another to, you know, uh, or telling the right answer in the ears of the one who need to say it out loud. It's, it's really, really funny. But so the game, the aim of the hangman is very simple. You need to guess the word by guessing, by suggesting letters to the master of the game. The master of the game draws a line for each letters at the beginning. For example, if my word is nature, then I am going to, grow, to draw sorry, six lines because there are six letters. Then I ask for letter suggestions. For example, if I am playing with a class of students, someone might give me an A and I'll put an A where it belongs. Then they give me an E and I'll put the E where it belongs, right? Then they give me a B. Oh, wait, there's no B in nature. So next to the word, I'll draw the beginning of a hangman. For each wrong letter, I'll draw a bit more until the hangman is complete or until they guess all the letters of the word or the word itself. 
It's a really, really fun game to play as a class starter with a vocabulary word that the students saw before the class. Or, you know, you could even ask a student to come with a word and you, you be the master. So there you go. You now have three games ideas to either spice up your classroom or to play with in your language learning with your language learning partner. If you have found this helpful, you should sign up for the private emails to be notified when I post new videos, articles and podcasts. The link is in the description below the video or you can go to justfriendship.com and click on the emails. So try to play a game today or this week and see where it leads you because playing is fun and learning languages should be fun. Bye bye.